How did you know that was in mum's room? Were you helping her pick out her outfits? I was. It's back in junior school. I would do it every morning. Yeah, and you were like, you have much nicer underwear than <laughs> mine are. Okay. Oh, one, two, three. Welcome back to the Sketchpad Pod. This is—it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. So essentially, we over summer. So Alicia went to uni in September, and over summer we pre-filmed six episodes. Yeah. And literally, I blinked, and then we used them all up. Yeah, and, I was and they're like, gone. Yeah. And then we we recorded a an extra episode while I was in London. Yeah. But obviously, s- seven weeks was it? Seven weeks in the end, I think we we managed to roll on four before. We had to stop. Truth is, seven weeks is very good, but it went fast. Yeah. So um, we're back. It's now November. It's nearly December. Nearly December. Nearly Christmas. We'll just finish off season two gradually. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you get before, what you're given. Well, you know, it'll be season three. Well, I feel like we'll have to just pre-film the entirety of season three. This is the thing. You guys may have a break, but for us, it's like constant needing to film so that we can actually. I just, get I honestly out. cannot believe how fast we used up those six episodes. It like I blinked and suddenly it was like episode four, and I was like, "Yeah, oh dear." <laughs> how are you doing? Are you well? Are you enjoying school or college or uni? I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> no, I was like, "Yeah, I I'm know how you're doing." <laughs> All right, should we do a quick? Um, what do we call it? Catch up. <coughs> but we, well, it's a weekly update. Yeah, but it's weekly, more like a weekly um, wrap. We used to call couple it couple of months wrap. What have you been up to on a me? Yeah. So I've been cracking on with college. Um, that is about it. We we. Love. Oh, you know what? I might do a little bit of self promo. Next weekend, I'm doing a charity sleep out for. Uh, Guildford Action, which is um, a local charity to my area that looks um, sort of looks out for people, does like some social, um, what's the word? Social. Anyway, <laughs> helps people in the community. Sorry, could um, help that one? Yeah, you really weren't making an effort. <laughs> it's basically to support. Um, it supports local people who are sort of on the edge, a bit marginalised, um, homeless people, that kind of thing. Love so yeah, I'm doing this charity sleep out. So um, I might put my GoFundMe page in the um, description of this week and it would be very appreciated if you found me. Anyway, um, other than that, not a whole lot. What have I been doing? I finished my EPQ, which I'm yes, very proud of. Yes, we stand. I, um, I never attempted an EPQ. <laughs> I, I was like, no, too stressed as it is. <laughs> yeah. But... I, I, on I really enjoyed it. I did it on it. My my title was "To what extent are the issues faced in South Africa today a result of colonialism?" Um, conclusion. Hefty. Most of them. Yeah. Um. So that was it. Was very interesting. Um. But I actually really enjoyed writing that. And also, I'm a bit bit at limbo at the moment because the soft deadline for like the first draft of the EPQ is Christmas. Mm which is in a, like a couple of weeks, Christmas holidays. But, and I thought we had like the 
most set like the biggest set of mocks in January. So I was like, oh, I need to get my EPQ out of the way yeah, then. I so I like on. plowed through it. Turns out we don't have the biggest set of mocks in January. So like I don't need to start revision revision yet. And I finished my EPQ, so I'm like, just take a rest. Yeah. You you were saying you were gonna do some reading. Some, some enjoyable reading, not like I, I always research. do some enjoyable know, reading. But, but <laughs> I'm reading ha- the Night Circus, which if you've watched um, our book uh, episode or episodes, I think we've done two now. Um, oh, two on reading. Well, one was on is reading dying, and in another one, I think we mentioned our favorite, some of our uh, favorite books. Yeah. Um, but the Night Circus is. One of my favourite books. And also, shout out to listener Holly. <laughs> it turns out it's her favourite book as well. So, clearly also, can I Can I just... Um, although it sounds like listener Holly, we have many fans. <laughs> Holly is also, like, our best friend. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of another thing to mention. <laughs> um, I was just trying to make it sound, like, <laughs> edgier than it was. Sorry, I completely ruined that. It's fine. Should we just mention what we're drawing Yeah, first? that would be good. So, basically, I have a lovely piece of art by... I've got absolutely no idea who. It's, you don't know who that's by? Well... It's Van Gogh. Okay, there let me go. rephrase that. <laughs> I have a lovely piece of art by Van Gogh. How could you not know who that is? Yeah, exactly. Um, And... It's on our fridge and it's in your mum's room, or like tucked into her little like mirror. Yeah. Um, and this is my purse. It's it's quite old to be honest. It was mum's before mine, and it had like a pleather coat, and it was all like chipping off. So I like sat for like a couple of hours over the past week, and um, with a pair of like nail scissors and like scraped and a scalpel <laughs> and scraped off all the pleather and I'm painting it now because look I really like the purse there's nothing wrong with it other than it looks a bit grim so I'll just paint it it won't yeah. look grim and it'll still be perfect and you know on this podcast we like to reuse and recycle reduce reuse recycle I'm so glad you did that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, There's more where that came from. Love it. So I'm painting it brown as a base coat to, like, fill in all the, like, gaps in the fabric. Yeah. And also I had to sew the corners because the corners were coming um, ripped. So... Sad times. Yeah. So I am doing a drawing of a little collage I did in a past episode actually so i'll just lift up the collage for those watching the video um and at the moment you can't see i've just drawn an outline so i know what i've been doing is probably being pretty boring up until now but i'm now going to start using some color pencils and this is something that i did at a level we were just made to make mono mono prints then cut them and collage them, and then draw the collage. So it's just a kind of a, a process-based kind of observational skill. Um, I guess it's just meant to be a nice thing to practice, keep you busy. Fantastic. Also, I was just going to mention the painting by Van Gogh himself. Yes. Is, um, it's got like a turquoise background and it's like cherry blossom on top just thought i'd mention that for we love audio listeners right blimey how long oh dear me we've been talking <laughs> for 10 minutes apologies what are we talking about today Olive? today we're talking about what artists actually do in a day yeah because there's much 
Much debate. Much debate. Do you just faff around and drink tea? I mean, we yes. do a little bit of that. We we quite honestly do. But we thought it would be a good time to talk about this, considering I am currently studying to hopefully become <laughs> Can we just an artist. appreciate that our content for the next however many series is all based on the fact that Lucy's <laughs> out at uni for I'm art. at uni, guys. <laughs> had you not noticed? Um, yeah. So that's that's the plan we're going to talk about what do you mean that's the plan that <laughs> is what's happening we're not changing now <laughs> we're 10 minutes into the episode i'm sorry i'm just trying to find to be honest my I notes, nearly left my notes I was at home procrastinating as always got my notes on the phone um but i basically so we've we've split it into two parts i'm going to talk for a while on is going to talk for a while you know the gist by now people but um some might call it a conversation. <laughs> some, some might call it a conversation. Um, but basically, I wanted to break down some of the stereotypes that people think when they think, what do artists do all day? And then I wanted to talk about the actual process of how an artist becomes an artist uh, or like how you get to that point in your career. And I have, there's, a, there's like a few BBC series Ziz. Is it series? series. Uh, it's a series, yeah. Lovely. Wait. On what artists do all day. So I've just picked a couple of artists and watched their episodes and I'm going to talk about what they were doing. Love that. Um, so I'll start off with some stereotypes and feel okay. free to Can we chime just, in. So you say stereotypes. Yeah. What, oh. How do you say it? Stereotypes. Stereotypes. I don't know how I'm saying it differently. <laughs> That's fine. It's like uh, when Benedict Cumberbatch says penguin. He can't say... He says penguin or something. Peng- like. Penguin. It, just watch Graham Norton, Benedict Cumberbatch, penguin. Put it in YouTube. Yes, that's a good use of your time. <laughs> yes. It really, it really is. Um, no, so you're going to be self-conscious every time you say it now Um, do apologise so the first stereotype I have is the lazy artist the idea that an artist doesn't really do much Um, like you said they probably sit around drinking tea um, and maybe going on YouTube and then like at the end of the day whacking up a a quick painting or like doing a scribble on a piece of paper and being like yeah (laughs) I'm an artist (laughs) how much of this is true yeah a lot of the time you you can find yourself sitting around but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not doing work because what I'm gonna (laughs) get to in a minute is a, a lot of what goes into a piece of art is the thought process so you often there's a lot of thinking involved which can just be seen as sitting and not doing much also um when you're studying art at least it is important to talk to your peers uh share ideas get get feedback that sort of thing um i can't speak for other artists but at my art foundation yeah we definitely did sit and drink tea a fair bit um <laughs> mate let's <laughs> be defending artists no no but we'd like we'd get in in the morning we weren't really morning people so we'd like have a cup of tea chat 
about what we're thinking of doing for the day and then <laughs> suddenly it's time to go home <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no then we'd actually get on with some work uh the next one i have is the aesthetic hipster artist oh. this is the artist that's probably probably a digital artist they they like to like go to a cafe to have some like organic coffee and it's all about like the way they look you know i mean it, it has to be said, if any of you have heard of Central St. Martins, you've probably heard of Central St. Martins fashion. It's a big thing, um, not just in the actual fashion degree, but there's a whole Instagram page called That's So CSM. Really? Uh, yeah, where they somebody photographs ridiculous outfits that people wear to the uni. Yes, a lot of times people will use the way they look or um, their like persona as an extension of their art. Um, but I don't think that that's, not a, bad that's a bad thing. They're, they're basically putting on um, a show or a, a persona, a mask, the mask of the artist. Um, and there's very famous artists that do it. One of my faves, Grayson Perry. Uh, he has an alter ego called Claire. Um, and he dresses up in these crazy like dresses and wigs and makeup and stuff and then one of my least favorite artists um jeff coons he is he's taken fame as his whole like persona so you can take it that way as well another stereotype is the tortured artist the idea that we've all had some sort of like terrible life and we, we all just sit there, like, lamenting philosophy and um, the age of the world and, and how our life came to be, how it is. Again, these stereotypes are not exactly wrong, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're over-exaggerated. Yeah. Um, I think this stereotype comes from a lot of artists, say, like, Van Gogh. Like, um, Freud, I guess. Yeah. And... Um, Yes, a lot. some people will go into art because they've had a tough life and they want a way to express that. But um, not everyone does. For some people, it's purely... I guess the same amount of... Sorry, I've got a paintbrush in my mouth. I do <laughs> apologise. I guess the same amount of people go into, say, accounting to sort of have the stability. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I, I guess there's stereotypes in every job type and artists maybe see a bit more of their personality than you might see of most people so these stereotypes are easier to make i guess sure yeah um and then the last one i had for stereotypes is the hippie party artist so the artists that just you know like to have a party smoke a little bit drink a little bit um and then kind of fall into their studio the next day and uh, slap up their, like, uh, cigarette butts from the night before (laughs) and call it art. Again, I'm sure many artists have done that and it is a thing, but um, at the same time, you're going to get people who like to party, like to drink in in any area, sector, like you said. And there there are plenty of people say on my course um there's a a variety of people that you just won't see because they'll come in they'll lie in all morning and then they'll come in and they'll work late into the evening yeah or you know i'll go in at like 
10, 30, 11 and there'll be other people in and we'll we'll be going home by like two in the afternoon. It's um it varies. That's Yeah, that's I guess that point. just also depends on student timetables and just individuals. Yes, exactly. Okay. How an artist can be a professional career. Um so I basically have just broken this down into the the steps that you have to go through to perhaps call yourself a professional artist. So the first step is, surprisingly, make work. (laughs) But you have to continually be making work. Um, It's not just like you make one painting and you're like, right, I'm good to go. Donezo. Donezo, let's sell this. Um, Every artist will have some sort of working space, um, often in the form of a studio but some people nowadays it's just a laptop um or you know out in the public space um but whatever it is they they have somewhere where they're going and that they have the intention that they need to keep progressing their ideas and making new work um because if if you've not got anything to show or contribute obviously you're not going to get very far um number two making yourself known before a gallery comes smaller projects like grad shows, pro- post-grad group shows, um, and often smaller shows in alternative spaces. So maybe a public space, um, a coffee shop, online. Obviously, everyone has to have an online presence these days. All these things take more time than you would think. You've got to... Um, hire out these spaces, organise with people. A lot of the time, your first shows, you're doing it with other people, group shows. Um, and so you have to um, kind of work as a team, curate the spaces often yourself because you don't have people to do that for you. Um, so when you're a smaller artist or just trying to get your footing, there's a lot more that you have to do, whereas... Um, as you'll see, once you get further on in the career, you can kind of delegate somewhere. Delegate, yeah, exactly. Number three, uh, getting your work to a presentable slash sellable standard. So it's all well and good if you're just doing for like uh, small spaces. Um, you might not worry too much about um, the way the the work is is shown or presented or like how you frame it but if you're gonna sell it in a gallery you're going to have to be using good materials you're gonna have to have a studio space that's you know reasonable enough so that you can make whatever scale work you want to and then artists often have to learn how to make their own canvases or frames um, to a good enough quality. Because a, a big canvas is so expensive to just yeah. buy. Yeah, so. so you've got to cut the cost, but also still make it presentable um, if your aim is to get it into a gallery. Um, number four, get an agent to negotiate or converse with galleries and buyers. So you don't normally just like rock up to a gallery with a couple of canvases under your arm and go, hey, <laughs> buy my work. I don't know, I've never tried, but most of the time you get an agent who has a bit of a standing in the art world um, and they will back you and then they will help you um, get into 
galleries, but obviously you need to be showing them something that's worth their time um, for them to sign on to you as a, a brand. Then um, number five, get your work shown. Finally, hurrah, we got there. <laughs> so you'll start off with um, small galleries, then perhaps medium uh, and then larger galleries. Uh, depending on the different stage of your career. So small galleries um, often focus on emerging artists and so they want to take people within the first five years of graduating. So you've already got a ticking clock, really, as to getting into a gallery. Then uh, medium galleries is normally kind of five to ten years. They're they're like mid Um, mid-career artists and then larger galleries you're going on like 10 to 20 years um you're you're seen as a professional artist because I guess the thing is it really is like a long-term like not waiting game but you you've got to be in a long you've got to be in the industry for the long term because you can't make the effect that you potentially want in like what two years yeah it's just not possible you do it because you love it not because it's going to be a quick this is the thing i I read a book recently called a guide to life on earth it was by chris hadfield um who was who's an astronaut um he's from canada and he was saying his whole career wasn't built on the idea of going to like the ISS or going into space because it's he like he he can train for so long and still not go there because it's not about him it's about the team and potentially yeah. if he didn't like there's so many factors like say if he didn't know a language and the the trip was with like a a Russian cosmonaut then then he wouldn't be going on that trip so it's it's not about his individual career it's about the whole program but if he had based his worth and success on going to space alone he would have potentially spent his whole life feeling completely unfulfilled yeah but the fact that he he didn't base it on that meant that although he did go to space a couple of times that wasn't what made his life worth it like you because like as an artist it's inevitable that some people just aren't going to get the fame they may be looking for. Yeah. But if you're not looking for fame, if you're just looking for the personal fulfilment of doing art, then it means you you don't base your worth on other people's perception of um, your work and that kind of thing. Exactly. Number six, build a network. Galleries, um, gallery openings, art peers, uh, art collectives... Um, this kind of goes alongside with the other stuff that you would have done to get up to this point. But um, a lot of the time, there is an element of it which is luck. Um, but there is an element of it where it's, it's how much work you put in and who you know. Um, there's so many like stages you have to go through. And like I said, you, you often do need like an agent to get you through the door to um, an actual gallery space. So if you meet these people earlier on, of course your career's gonna go Mm. faster. So um, network, network everybody, we love that. And then uh, the final one is self-publicity and giving yourself an online presence. This is now bigger than ever with digital media and social media. Um, Artists now have to be, 
very much like you know uh, fashion designers you have to be a, a, a brand like a personal brand um, and obviously you think of all the famous household name artists it's yeah you remember you remember the name and therefore you you associate the work and the name together and so then when you go into a gallery you're like oh I know this person yeah um, and especially with say these artists that are a bit more eccentric that helps you remember their name so it all ties back it's like a defining feature isn't it like something yeah. that, that's different about them that makes them memorable exactly whether that's the way you dress the way you act whether it's the type of work you make how like much you're seen in the media or maybe it's nowadays it's like uh, the work that you're showing on instagram or the interviews that you're doing with different people so just to sum up my my general points is that what do artists do well it depends on where they're at in their career but day to day they will probably be making or thinking about what they're going to make um and thinking can take a lot of time for some artists and not for others it depends on their process some artists need notes and sketchbooks and I guess it models. depends on what type of art you're doing exactly because if if you're if you're like a landscape artist and your your whole thing is um, your brand is your your individual style then maybe it's going to be I mean maybe not but it might be that you're just um, you know going somewhere painting a landscape and that potentially takes less thinking and like concept is not less concept driven than say if you're um, someone who's really trying to like change thoughts and um, making more political art exactly. or um uh, socially uh, aware art, anything like that, making installation work or video work or yeah. you're doing documentary style work. There's so much, so much stuff that you, you could be doing. And also the more well-known an artist is, like I said, the more infrastructure they have. So um, you, it is a brand, there's one name, but often there's then art assistants who are helping with the actual painting or making of the work, smaller bits that are less like um, important at it to the overall thing of the work. That might be like prepping canvases or something yeah, like that. exactly. Um, you have office workers or PR people, so dealing with, you know, online stuff, emails, admin, all of that. Um, you have your art dealer and agents, and then you have the people working in galleries, curators, um, and the, the relationship you have with specific galleries. And so basically, that money that you've got from being a well-known artist then goes back in to finance all these things and then makes it easier for you. But first of all, you have to like crack the egg get get in there yeah but yeah so that that is my lovely my take um do we want a quick break and then i will start talking about some well-known artists and what they get up to yeah sounds good um Cool. I would actually like you to keep my break music in. I, I don't want okay. you to. Um, uh, <laughs> shall I? I I'll, I'll switch out the the music. The, the official music. I I want that. Thank okay. you very much. Cool. Right. Okay. So um, as I said, there was a BBC series 
quite a few years back. I don't know if they're still making new episodes, but um, it's called What Artists Do All Day. And it looks, it, it's kind of like, um, so have you ever seen the, like, Vogue, what this person yeah. does in a day? It's kind of like that, but it's artists. Um, nice. So it seems to follow them around for a couple of days and, like, see what they get up to. So the first uh, lady I looked at was Tracy Emin. I don't know if you've uh, heard of her. I do know Tracy yeah. Emin, yeah. Do you know much about her background? Um, I know she's from a working class background. I know she does... Um, she she became famous for doing uh, the Tr- Tracy Emin's bed, where she made a bed that she hand-embroidered, like, everyone she'd ever slept with their names oh cool so um basically a lot of her younger work was quite controversial yeah it was often more like sexual and that kind of thing um but now she does more um figurative works and like to be fair they still are a lot of them are like um sort of life type drawings of naked people so i guess in that way they're still kind of sexual but like they're less controversial they're more just observation but yeah. um it's she's got like a really unique style she's really cool um so she is sort of representing fine art in a way um because i looked at what a couple of different um types of artists do to see if it depends what um what like genre you're in um so this is what she sort of ended up doing all day so she's like developing ideas because like we were saying like ideas don't just like pop out usually like you've got to properly think of them and the whole thing with artists is you're creating something new you're doing something no one's done before or if you're basing your work on like using inspiration from someone else it's still got to be different so it's yeah it's like thinking of new ideas new concepts and some things you'll like and they'll work and some things it'll be like eh, actually like I'm not as big a fan of that so it's you're constantly developing your style and yeah that kind of thing I always say um I know that I'm progressing when I um start hating my previous work faster <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like even if I look back at some of my GCSE work which was just a couple of years ago I'm like oh oh did I what, do did that? I why did I think yeah. that one looked good and like some of I remember like in year nine, some of like, my favourite work by year ten, I was like, what? Yeah, exactly. It's not very good. <laughs> she was saying half her studio is um, like computers and offices and half is like actually making space because you've got to promote this whole brand. And if you think about any celebrity, because it is, I guess if you look at an artist as a celebrity, you've got interviews and you've got media things and you've got yeah. um, events and blah 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 blah. Um, one of the things she was doing in her day she was doing talks and lectures and often if you're a really well-known artist this is going to be all around the world so she was traveling to like sydney australia to do some talks and lectures um which obviously in itself takes time so a massive amount of what she seemed to do was preparing for shows and things because you walk into a studio um not a studio a like a gallery and you see, like, maybe three big pieces of art on the wall, and you're like, wow, that's kind of interesting, and maybe, like, a few smaller ones and a, a sculpture, and you're like, right, they've just taken the art and dumped it in a room, but, like, that's not how it works at all. Yeah. Because um, she had this big project in... Maybe it was Vienna, and um, so on one side of the room, there are a couple of pieces hung up, and on the other side 
there some guys were hanging up a painting and they were sort of discussing it and she was saying oh, that's not like I don't think that's working like can we move it down 10 centimeters and like even like the attention to detail like even 10 centimeters in her for her vision in her mind that was going to make the whole difference because you think like oh it's just hanging paintings on a wall but they were like oh well it needs to be level all the way around and although the middle's level it still doesn't quite work um for the whole image when you look round so i found that really interesting to see how much time and effort goes into mm. sort of curating the the perfect thing like the way they see especially it especially because you know you've spent so much time with that painting or yeah. work in your studio that it, you've formed a emotional attachment exactly to it so like i, it to I remember when you did your it was like a final art piece in year 10 or year 11 they had like a little exhibition at your <laughs> school what did they do they oh put it... my gosh yeah this was my gcse final piece they they put it um sideways and i came in and i was like you put it the wrong way up and they were like oh it doesn't really matter does it and i was like it does because like yeah because for anyone else the piece technically worked like, it, it wasn't like it was upside down and yeah. it was a human figure and it was like, well, that's obviously wrong. Like, it to anyone else, it didn't look clearly wrong. But yeah. for you, especially because if you think about it, the artist has spent, like, hours and hours painting, potentially, or creating this piece. So then it's like, you know when you have a haircut and yeah. everyone else is like, it looks fine, but you kind of are like, you, you recognise yourself in the old way. So you're like, oh, it just doesn't suit me. Like, it's kind of like that in a way, because it, you've seen this piece so many times to yeah, then I, see it. I mean, I just avoid going to the hair. I, I cut my own hair, yeah. She had meetings with accountants. Um, she was visiting exhibitions of others to prepare for her own. Um, she was doing, um, like, she was preparing canvases and projects. And, like, one thing I was going to mention is say it's, like, a big, big canvas. Maybe it's, like, a couple of metres. That takes time in itself. So, like, a lot of what we've talked about is, like, um, sort of preparing for what you're going to do and sort of doing the admin and stuff after you've completed it. But, like, a lot of time alone is actually spent on the piece because I remember for GCSE, like, an A3, no, an A, A4 painting would take me, like, six hours. Um, and so if you if you times that by a lot, <laughs> that's going to take, like, days to do the, the work alone. Yeah. Um, one of the canvases she, she was working on in the um, documentary, she was like, I've been working on this for 11 years. Like, I, I painted it over it so many times because she's never like liked what she's done (laughs) yeah artists can tend to be perfectionists and if it's not the way you you want it to be you just have to keep tinkering yeah i mean the thing is like usually in your head you have an image of what you want so then you you work until you that image is sort of portrayed Mm -hmm. and also like once once you say you're done and say it gets put up in a gallery you can't then take it back and be like oh it's kind of not what i actually wanted like once it's done it's kind of like the, the public see that as the finished piece of work and then you you can't really go back yeah sometimes though it is hard to like actually ever finish something and you have to go okay well it's not yeah. perfect but enough is enough enough is enough <laughs> i'm done it's, yeah it's it's very easy to like never draw a line and you sometimes just got to be like quite firm with yourself 
She was saying most artists have to spend 10 or 11 days before their show installing it, which I found really interesting because you'd never think it would take that long. You just yeah. imagine, like, the people who work at the museum just sort of waltzing in and unwrapping the paintings and chucking them on the wall. But that's just not it. <laughs> no, gosh. That would be carnage if I they know. did that. I and, like, things like she had some neon signs as part of her installation and, like, one of them had broken. So then she... That was, like, having to be sorted and it was, like, they were trying to find, um, like, electricity supply for these neon signs um, and that kind of thing. And also there's... um. The sort of the health and safety risks that go with using like electronics, so those neon signs and making sure all the wiring is yeah, you got away. It. And, and uh, even like if you hang stuff high up, they have to think about like is it fixed onto the wall properly yeah, exactly. so that it won't fall. All of that, there's so much like admin that goes into actually, yeah, making and that's a why show. there's usually so many like for a successful artist, like or a well known artist, there's like a big team behind them themselves um one of the other interesting things they she was doing was um she had like a 3d model type setup of the layout of the rooms that um of this museum she was going to do an exhibition in and she had little tiny little thumbnails of um her paintings and she was like sorting out where they went in the room oh that's interesting um which was i thought quite cool right so i might finish off that's her. That's so Tracy Emin. That's, that's Tracy Emin. The next person is Anthony Gormley. Oh. So oh. he's been popping up everywhere lately. So basically, I don't know if any of you... Well, my friends will know this, but at the college um, I go to and Leisha went to, the, in the library, there's not often enough computers for everyone. And the librarians are like hawks, honestly. Yeah, like, they're if, sassy about this. They are very sassy. If you, on your way out of the library, like stop by to chat to a friend for like a minute while they're sat on a computer, they will like come over and be like, excuse me, this, this isn't social study? And you're just like, yeah, I'm on my way out. They're like, well, can you, can you find a chair? Can you make your way out? Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so this one particular um, librarian who is particularly sassy came over. My friend was just chatting to me. She was about to go for a lesson. And this librarian's like, this isn't an Anthony Gormley installation. This is a library. Can you find a chair or make your way out? It's such a and weird I was like, reference. I was, I was like, oh, I quite like Anthony Gormley. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that I was I was just taken aback because oh, I, I was like I, I love that it librarian was, I know yeah. uh, how long do you think she'd been thinking of that line for like she'd been <laughs> sat day. over there for 20 minutes yeah. that oh um I mean for anyone who doesn't know Anthony Gormley is um a sculptor he's a British artist um and he started off by making just casts of his own body with just his wife to help him um and now he has a whole massive team and he's very his wife's um, probably thankful for that one yeah (laughs) probably um but actually funnily enough um after this uh event at college honor came up to see me in london and i was like yeah so um, i was thinking we could go to see this anthony gormley exhibition at the white cube and she's like anthony gormley is just getting around (laughs) yeah he's, he's getting mentions everywhere yeah um right so his um I didn't repeat all the admin type things that he had to do as well because I thought that would be boring for you all. So um we these are that. yeah <laughs> everyone does as well. <laughs> um these are like things that he was doing for 
being like a sculpture artist. So um, first he had like a sort of digital team who were creating the... Sorry, I'm just looking. Should we do a quick art update? Yeah, sure. You go for it. Um, well, I'm just looking. These sides are quite slightly different because I mixed more blue into one of them. I'm going to crack out a bit more blue and then... Um, Blend it. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll lift mine up so that can people can see. Yeah, I do um, apologise. I don't think mine's going to be great visuals. I have no idea whether the visuals are going to be good this week, but um, if they're not, swap to audio. Yeah, swap to audio. Uh, it's a bit late. Like this is like <laughs> forty minutes in. We're like swap to audio, guys. It's fine. But um, for audio listeners, basically, I'm I'm still um, just practicing. Um, copying the like colours and the shapes um, from the collage I've done um, because there's a lot of patterns but then obviously there's different um, sections of paper and colours uh, overlapping one another um, and also because I used um, monoprint some of them get slightly smudged and so you have to think about how you're gonna draw those smudges in pencil all that fun stuff but I don't, I don't know I think it's going all right I think I like it's getting it. there yeah, there you go. So, um, sorry, I, Back did, to I did stop mid-sentence. That's probably very irritating. It'll just be irritating for me <laughs> editing later. <but laughs> Do apologise. We love her. I can't remember the sentence. So, um, he had, like, a whole team doing digital-type um, work. So, he was standing in a room, and they were kind of doing not, like, a 3D imaging-type thing of his body, because he still primarily works off his own body it's not it's not like a sculpture of him it's just i think i guess his shape is convenient to work from yeah because it's uh, available um exactly yeah so he had this like digital team and then a couple he does a lot of he takes a human form and makes it out of blocks like 3d squares and rectangles and shapes to um that's like part of his art style uh so then he had like some people then create like um taking his the 3d imaging of his body and putting it into the blocks which he was then gonna um work from and he was again planning exhibitions um i think just one thing to take from this is the amount that goes on behind the scenes to create like one installation sort of yeah. type event because there's so much work and that seemed to be a lot of what the artists were doing like traveling to the countries where their work might be showing and that kind of thing yeah i've got a question for you yeah considering you've recently seen an anthony gormley exhibition oh. where he had a lot of these kind of block sculptures was it interesting for you to actually watch the it was so interesting because he, the, the stuff we saw in the installation was what he was working on four years ago in the documentary. Yeah. Which is so interesting. So, um, yeah, it was amazing because, like, in his studio, I see these big um, sculptures. I'm like, I saw that on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's really cool. I guess it perhaps it gave you a better understanding of, like, the concepts behind the work. Definitely, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and the fact that it was four years ago. Yeah, I know. It today. You know, sometimes works, especially with, like, he works in, like, iron and um, steel, like, heavy metals, and it can take a, a long time to go from the digital to actually making yeah, it definitely. and processing and 
all of that. So and then and a lot of his it. things are like freestanding. So then you've got to take into account gravity and all that. Yeah. Um, you know what? That's all I've got. That's all you've got. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're like that's all you've got. <laughs> no. Oh, we we we've come to an end then, I guess. Uh, I, this has been this has been fun for me and I I definitely will finish this drawing off at some point and get it on the Instagram because mm. we've kind of been getting a bit lax um, lacking lacking uh, we're, we're thinking about maybe switching up some of the, the podcast and video style things that we're doing maybe adding in a few extra like just audio or just video episodes so if you'd be interested in that let us know on instagram or in the comments below um but yeah thank you very much for watching yeah thank you for watching or listening um i'm i'm just still painting my purse green and blue it's okay um, we yeah we stand we love Let's- that and we're about to film another episode so uh we'll see you very shortly (laughs) very soon bye in it we did it cut cut thank you very much